Good morning, everyone. If you're watching Bridge Church online for the very first time, we invite you to stand wherever you are in your home, whether you're in your living room, you're in your kitchen or whatever. We just want to give you a nice, warm welcome from all of us. You see, there are certain things uh, that we can do whenever we're having service uh, online like this because we would never do that in a regular service. We wouldn't want to embarrass you or anybody else. Uh, so I just thought I would have a little fun today, this morning. But we sincerely do want to thank you for attending our online service today. Uh, you truly have made our day. To all of the Bridge Church family, uh, guys, I love you dearly. Uh, I miss you guys so much. I can't wait for the times when we get back together and all this is lifted off of us and we can do this again. And, and when we all get together, I have a feeling uh, that we're going to have this incredible get together. Uh, we might even have to introduce another service time to fit everybody in. And I just can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't want to take too much time out of this, but I, I think it would be right that we go ahead and take a few minutes just to to thank our uh, production team, our entire production team, worship team, all of our pastors, everybody who puts this thing together for bringing these worship services, experiences right into our homes. I'm so grateful for that, so, so thankful. And so I know that there are days, and I'm not talking about just you know hours here, I'm talking about days of hard work, uh, going without sleep in, in a lot of cases so that we can still, all of us, worship together in our homes. Um, helping us fulfill the purpose of why we're here, introducing people to Jesus, reacquainting them all across the city and beyond because of the sacrifice that you're making. And if I started calling out names, I'd forget somebody. I don't want to do that. I just want to say for, on behalf of all of us that are watching today, thank you so much for, for all, everything, for all that you've done. Um, I want to jump right into the message today and get started. Last week, the message was about Joseph, a really cool uh, young man. We talked about the serious struggles that, that he went through. We said that those struggles were, were just a stage, and, and more importantly, that that stage was just to position him for the promises that God had for Joseph. And really the same it, it applies to us today. And finally, instead of focusing on those, those pressing times we called it last week, we need to focus on the promise. And while I didn't plan last week to be a series, um, let's just go ahead and call this part two uh, from last week. Um, if you didn't see last week, don't worry about it. Just click on last week's online service. I believe that God will bless you. And do that after our, our service today. So, so today, as I said, I'll count this as part two because... During the pressing times that we talked about last week, during that stage that we talked about, you will be tested. You'll be tested in different ways. When, when you're in those pressing times, um, he'll test you to see who you'll turn to. God will test your character. He'll test your priorities. Testing, you know, really testing anything is a good thing, really. It makes things better. Uh, no one wants to get into a brand new car without it having been Really test it out first. I mean, making sure it's run through it, it's, it's, it's steps to be tested. I mean, certainly getting on a plane. I, pray, I hope and pray that they go through some rigorous QA, uh, quality assurance testing on that before anybody gets on it, before I get on it. And, and really anything that we purchase, anything that we spend our hard-earned money on, uh, we want it tested first. We want to make sure that it works. And, and God 
will use those tests. Yes, the, even the tests which you see going on in your life today. Painful, uh, very difficult test. But it will, based on your perspective, based on the approach that you take to testing, make you wiser and make you stronger. Uh, Crystal and I were watching a Na National Geographic's movie the other night. It's called Free Solo, about a guy who free climbs without ropes. He free climbs the face of all these crazy, very well-known cliffs and mountains. Just an incredible documentary. It was fascinating, and I highly recommend it. It's really cool. But, but the agony and the, the, the rigor of which he approached uh, his practice and his testing, the pain that he would endure was, was quite unbelievable. I, I was watching in awe as he would reach uh, his goal and, and to see the undeniable pleasure that he experienced. Incredible, incredible thing to watch. But there was some unbelievable testing before he accomplished his dream. Today, I want to talk about the, the, the critical component that, listen to me, you must have to get through these tests. Repeatedly in Scripture, the Bible says, God has promised to meet your needs. Now, when he says that, he's talking about the emotional needs that you're going through even today. He, he's talking about the financial needs that you're going through. He's talking about the health needs, the physical needs, spiritual, I mean, everything, relational needs. In fact, one of the Hebrew names of God is Jehovah Jireh, which means I'm the God who provides for you. Over and over in scripture, God says, I will meet all your needs. In Philippians chapter four, verse 19, it says, my God will supply all that you need. And I wanna look at that very closely, that word all. My God, I'm gonna reread it. My God will supply all that you need from his glorious resources in Christ Jesus. That's, that's a pretty blanket statement there. He says, I I'll meet all your needs. <laughs> what, what does that include? Is, is, is he talking about everything there? I mean, the problem is you look around and obviously not everybody's needs are met. I mean, let's be real. I mean, all of us, let's be real. Many times our needs seem to, even our needs seem to be going unmet. What's the problem here? Is, is God lying to us? Is God exaggerating here in scripture? Is he just saying something that, you know, sounds really good and cool and everything and nice, but it's really not true? Why is it that sometimes my needs seem to go unmet? And the Bible tells us that with every promise, every promise, there is a condition. There is a premise for every promise. I hope you got that. There's a, a premise for every promise. The most important condition for the promises of God is that you must, you must, you must trust him. Trust is kind of like the password to get into your systems. It's like, it's like the password to get access to the files and the things that you need. Trust, trust, you must trust him. 
The more that you trust God, the more God's able to meet the needs in your life. The Bible says there is, there is a faith factor involved here. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. Jesus says, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. You see, God says, you get to choose how much I bless your life. It's according to your faith. You know, the more that you trust me, the more needs that I, I, I can meet. And, and the less that you trust me, the fewer needs that I can meet. Now, the obvious question here is, is then this. How, how can I learn? <laughs> how can I learn to trust God more? How can I learn to have a greater faith? Faith is an interesting substance. You, you don't get it by just, you know, um, going to a Bible study. Or you don't get it uh, by just uh, talking about it. You don't get it by just, you know, thinking or hoping or wishing for it. Faith is very, very much like a muscle in our body. And that means it develops by being used, by being used, by using faith. The more that you use a muscle, the stronger that it gets. The more that you use um, uh, the little faith that you have, the more it gets stressed and the stronger your faith becomes. And, and the more it gets stressed, the more God is able to bless your life. <clears throat> we call the circumstances that God creates or allows to stretch our faith we call them trials. Last week, we were calling them the pressing times. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, these trials, listen, are only to test, are only to test your faith to show that it is strong and pure. Today, I want to look at some of the most common trials, um, tests, if you will, so when you go through them, you can know them. You, you, th this is an opportunity for me to, to grow and to develop my faith right here. So, so I can trust God more. So, so he can bless my life more. And so the first test that I want to share with you today is the stress test or the pressure test, whatever you want. How do I handle stress in my life? Will you depend on yourself to fix it or are you going to depend on God? Here's what God wants you to do. And if you look in Psalms chapter 50, verse 15, it says, I, I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so that I can rescue you and you can give me glory. <laughs> do we do that? I mean, we usually have God about ninth or tenth, whatever, on that list. Usually it's everything else first. And if everything else fails, well, then we, 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 we call on God. You know, you'll find your, your drug of choice or whatever. You'll find that in the cabinet. And, and, of course, that doesn't last. Or you'll call your, your friend and complain, and then you hang up, and then you're still under the same amount of stress that you were before. Or you'll, you'll go eat, or you'll, you'll, you'll go shopping. You know, when the going gets tough, the tough go shopping, they say. And we have all these uh, little stress relievers. But long about ninth or tenth place, hmm, I wonder if I should pray. And God says, and listen to the wording here in this scripture, I want you to turn to me. It's my desire that you turn to me. The problem is that we get in, in, in a hurry, and, and if God doesn't instantly meet the need, well, then you make up your own plan, and you try to meet your own uh, needs. And we do this, we do this all the time. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, it says, my people have done two evils. They've turned away from me, the spring of living water, 
and they've dug their own wells, which are broken wells and can't hold water anyway. Can you imagine being out in the desert for two long days with no water, no water, no shade, you know, you're dying of thirst. If you don't get some water, you're gonna die. And all of a sudden, you come up over this sand dune, if you will, after spending all you know, this time in the desert alone, no, no you know, water, no nothing, and the sun's just beating down on you. And you see this road stand and, and, and a big neon light that's got a, a, an arrow pointing straight down. And it says, God's free, free, unlimited, everlasting, living water. but you don't even ask for a drink. I mean, you, 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 you walk right on past it and, and you say to this guy standing by, hey, can I, can I borrow a shovel? Can I borrow your shovel for a minute? And, and I, wanna, I wanna work with this for a second. And you start digging your own well. <laughs> you're, you're gonna get your own water your own way, but even worse than that, even worse than that, you, you have the nerve while you're digging the well to ask God to bless your well or even... Or even better than that, it doesn't end up producing water. And, and all of a sudden you go, why, God? Why does this happen? Steve, what's this all about? Digging wells and water and all this kind of stuff. Let me, let me say it a different way. You go out and you get into some relationship. A relationship you know, you know in your heart is wrong. And then you pray, God, you know, please, please bless this relationship. Or even better, like I said, when it doesn't work, it's, it's why, why me, Lord? Why does this always happen to me, God? Or, or you go out and you buy things, you know, uh, that, that you don't need with money you don't have, and you get overextended in credit and deeply in debt, and then you come back to God and you say, God, would you, would you please, would you bless my finances? We all know the story of, of uh, Abraham and Isaac and Sarah. And, and God had promised Abraham a baby boy, but his, his wife's womb was infertile at the age of 90. And many of you know the story. Abraham takes matters into his own hands uh, with another woman. And, and, and when they had the baby, he holds him up in baby Ishmael and says, God, God, here's, here's the miracle baby right here. And God says, no, 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 no. That's your plan. That, that's the well you dug. I know the, the promised baby. His name's Isaac and he's coming next year, you know. God's not, God's not gonna bless all, all those other plans that you've tried to, to force onto him. We do our own things, you know, in our own relationships with our career, do our own things with our, with our family. When we're digging a well, it's gonna eventually break our heart and you can count on it. So what's the antidote? Let's look at Isaiah 50, verse 10. If you're walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. God he wants to see that when you're under stress, are you gonna turn to him or are you gonna turn to yourself or to other things? You guys, it's a test. Will you trust him? 
Another way God tests us is often he uses people. People in your life usually, you know, maybe your, your children, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's uh, your neighbor, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's your boss's boss, maybe to, to test uh, and develop your, your faith and test that, 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 that proves how you handle disappointment in your life. Life is often disappointing. Things don't turn out the way that you plan them to turn out. Careers don't turn out the way that you plan you know, for them to turn out. Marriages don't, don't turn out the way you had planned. But, but what disappoints us most in life are people because you expect them to meet uh, a need in your life that only God can meet. When you, when you turn to a boyfriend or a girlfriend or you turn to a parent or, or you turn to a spouse or you turn to a, a lifelong friend and you expect them to meet all of your needs, you're setting yourself up for massive, massive disappointment. God never intended that that. that situation for anybody no nobody could possibly uh, meet all of your needs and then when they let you down you think man what's wrong with them (laughs) you may have thought to yourself if only i i could get married you know if only then if only my spouse would change if I hadn't, if I if I'd had different parents, and your problem, guys, is is not the people in your life. Your problem is your response to the people in your life. Uh, people are not the problem, and by the way, they're not the answer either. The answer to your insecurity is not another person. The answer to your inferiority complex is not another person. The answer to your worries and fears, even though we go to them, it seems like all the time, is not another person. The answer to your depression that you're going through right now is not another person. The answer is God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 22, you should stop trusting in people to save you because people are only human. There, There is only one Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. We need to stop expecting anyone or anything else to be our Savior. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7, it says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made him, not other people, their hope and confidence. And what happens if you do this? Well, another one of God's promises. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 23, anyone, anyone who trusts in me will not be disappointed. (laughs) Disappointed. Anytime, guys, you're disappointed, it's kind of like, disappointment is kind of like your dashboard in your car, or warning lights on your car, Um, that you've trusted someone other than God. Are you going to handle disappointment by complaining and griping and crying and worrying? Or are you going to accept that God knows you best? God has a loving plan for your life. That God loves you and knows what you need even more than you do. That, That God is the one who's in control. And that even the disappointments in your life have a positive purpose, whether you understand the purpose or not. And God says, anyone who trusts in me will not be disappointed. The next kind of test that I want to share with you is, will I keep my commitments? Life is about making commitments. 
Um, you, your, your life is shaped by your commitments. Your character is developed by your commitments. Your success is influenced by your commitments. And, and, and most importantly, your eternal destiny is determined by your commitments. I mean, uh, that, this makes it so, you, you better be sure to choose what you're committed to very, very carefully. Heaven or hell is in the balance. You know, you become what you're committed to. The problem today is that most people are half committed to a couple dozen different things instead of being totally committed and totally sold out to one or two things that really, really matter in life. Guys, if you're gonna develop a skill, um, you've gotta learn to make and keep commitments. You wanna learn how to play the guitar and I wish I could. Well, that's, that's not just automatic. It's, it's not just an instantaneous thing. I wish it were, I love. I'd love to be able to play. It takes practice more and more and more and more practice, which takes persistence, which takes discipline, which takes a commitment. The trademark of emotional and spiritual maturity is that you make and you keep wise commitments. Those uncommitted people can be described as selfish and immature. And you need to understand that no commitment that really matters, that really matters, is easy. They're all hard if they're important. Some of you are in a commitment test even as we speak. Your marriage vows are being tested. Is it gonna be till death do us part, you know? I made a vow in front of people and before God. Am I gonna keep that vow or am I gonna cop out? Am I gonna, get, you know, um, bail out of this thing? Some of you, are having your personal integrity tested as we speak right now. You, you know, you know the right thing to do. You know it in your heart. But, but, but you're gonna take the easy thing. You're, you're gonna go the convenient and take the easy, convenient thing. You're gonna, you're gonna take the popular, you're gonna go what, and do what everybody else wants you to do. Guys, it's a test. It's a test of your character. Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse four. If you make a promise to God, don't be slow to keep it. God is not happy with fools, so give God what you promised. What commitments have you made to God that maybe you've not followed, on, followed up on lately? Maybe it's reading your Bible on a daily basis. Maybe it's to tithe. Maybe it's, it's getting plugged into the church. Maybe it's, maybe it's you failed to, to serve or to help out in your community. Maybe it's, it's sharing your faith. This is the test, guys. Testing your character. Testing your faith. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 5, the wise man will find time and a way to do what he says. You see, the wise person doesn't give in until he finds a way to get the job done. Until he's able to keep his commitment. The weak person, man, they, they cop out and, and they, they blow it off or, you know, they, they find whatever excuse they can find to, to not have to worry. Whatever flimsy excuse. Wise people, they go out of their way. I mean, they work extra. They do whatever they got to do to find the time to do whatever they said that they would do. This is one of the major faults in our culture today, I believe. This is a test, guys. It's a test of your character. It's a test of your faith. 
The Bible says in Psalm chapter 15 that God blesses the person who keeps his vows even when it hurts. And finally, the final test today that I want to talk about, probably the most important test of all of them, and, and it's the one that, that, that's going to happen to you many, many, many times. In fact, uh, you've probably already faced it even today, <clears throat> and that is the priorities test. It's, um, who am I going to put first in my life? What, what am I going to put first in my life? One of the greatest promises in the Bible is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And he will give you all you need from day to day if, here's the premise, if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Guys, there's no doubt that as you watch me today, there are legitimate needs in your life, especially with what's going on today, certainly financial needs. There are, there are emotional needs legitimate emotional needs, anxiety, and things that people are going through right now. Legitimate relational needs, people struggling with loved ones, people they love. Legitimate physical or health needs, of course we know that. Legitimate spiritual needs, they're the real deal. God has promised to meet every one of those needs. He's promised it. If if you put him first in every area of your life. You know what? Um, it's so easy to say, uh, man, God's number one in my life. But you know what? Talk is cheap, certainly these days. How do we know if God's really, truly number one in our life? There's three questions you can ask yourself. The first one is, what do you think about most of the time? I mean, when, you're, when you've got some free time, what is the first thing, things that pop into your mind? The second thing that you ask yourself is, where does my money go first? The Bible says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. It's revealing. I mean, it's a tell, you know? The third thing, question that you need to ask yourself is, how do you spend your time? I mean, you just show me your checkbook, you show me your, your calendar, and it's super easy to find out what's really first place in your life. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23, it says, the purpose of tithing it's to teach you something. It's to teach us to put God first in every area of our lives. I'm going to wrap it up today by asking you to think about your greatest need as we speak. It may be one of those emotional needs I was talking about. It could be a struggle with a loved one. It could be a physical health situation. Don't know what to do. Whatever the situation, I want you to get that need in your mind. And then I want to ask you this. Which of these four tests are you going through right now where God's testing your faith for how much you're going to trust him today? Some of you might be saying, guys, I, I, I don't think, I really don't think I'm going to pass this test. I mean, I'm tired. I am worn out. I'm worn out. I want to encourage you today to look at God's promises. Here's another one in Isaiah 30, verse 15. This is what God says. If you, if you come back to me, he's saying, if, if, you, if you would just come back to me and you trust me 
if, if you come back to me and you trust me, you'll be saved and you'll be strong. I mean, both salvation and strength in that promise. You'll have the strength that you need to do the right thing if, if, and here's the premise, if you come back to me, he says, and you trust me. That's a promise, guys. And not only that, but God has eternal rewards in store for you if you pass these tests anyway. God blesses those who patiently endures testing. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. We ended with James 1, verse 12 last week. Look what God has planned for you. If you'll just trust him. God has eternal rewards when we pass uh, these great tests of life. When you, when you depend on Jesus when you're under stress. When, when you, you know, trust God's plan when you're disappointed. When, when you keep your commitments even when it hurts. Even when it hurts you. When you put God first in your thoughts and in your money and in your time. God says two things here. One, I'll meet all your needs. <laughs> and number two, I'll give you eternal rewards in heaven. Guys, what a deal. What a deal. What a promise. Let's pray today. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for everything you've done for us. You are so wonderful to us. You've blessed us in so many ways we cannot even imagine asking for another. But I pray, God, for each and every person under the sound of my voice today that's watching this online service today, that as they go through the struggles, that they go through these tests that we talked about today, that before that they start heading down another path for re re resolution, that they'll trust in you and put you first in their life. God, I pray for each and every one that's out there today that's going through this today. I pray in your name, in Jesus' name, that you would be with them. I love you all. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.